to Late Night Talks, a place for growth, stability, and transformation. The podcast for men and for the women who want to understand men. My name is Amy Jo. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and a life strategist. Here, we take you to the next level of self-understanding mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Good evening. How's it going? It is great to be here. I hope you're doing well and having a fantastic week thus far. (laughs) I'm finally trying to get things under wrap and back in order, finishing up some odds and ends and trying to regain my focus. So I'm getting there. Each week is closer. By the way, last week's episode that I did, the meditation to connect with the higher self, the audio, I was, I went back and I tried to re-edit it, do everything all over again, and it was coming out the same. So what I realized is that I think it's just when you use earbuds, it sounds really bad. Unless you have a really great pair. Headphones, it sounds normal, but with earbuds, not so good. So the only thing I can suggest is to just listen to it straight from whatever device you're listening to it on. I apologize about that, but these things will happen and everything will be okay. (laughs) I'm not going to fret about it. So, yeah. So tonight, I really want to focus on the spine and the importance really of the cerebral spinal fluid and why some see it as sacred. So open your minds up. (laughs) I am fascinated by the human development. It's fascinating to me. In my line of work, we really consider the spine as the access between heaven and earth. It's the conduit for consciousness. And really without a spine, there would be no life. Our nervous system is encased within the spine. It's the super highway for so many nerves really that operate the body, as well as the seven main energy centers in the body. The spinal cord it runs through the vertebral column. And this is the column for transmitting nerve impulses to and from the brain and from the rest of our body. And it has these bundles of nerve fibers that send the sensory information from the skin, from the muscles, and really from other organs to the brain, as well as the motor impulses that control movement and other functions, obviously. But the first thing to develop in a human embryo is the formation of the zygote. Now, this occurs when the sperm fertilizes the egg, and from there the zygote undergoes several rapid cell divisions. And this forms like a ball of cells called the marula, and it looks almost like a raspberry. And about four to five days after 
fertilization, the marula moves into the uterus and it will start to attach to the wall of the uterus. So these cells of the marula then split into two different layers, the inner mass of cells, which will become the embryo, and then the outer layer, which will become the placenta. So then from this point on, really different parts of organs will start to grow quickly. And as this spinal cord grows, you know, these special cells, the neural stem cells change into neurons and other different types of cells that make up the spinal cord. So then these cells, they move to where they belong and they start making connections with other cells. And basically our bodies start to form around the spine. It's so amazing if you think about it on a deeper level, like how our lives unfolded and all that takes place during growth. I think it's just truly magical. I'm sure many of you already know this by now, but there's something called the cerebral spinal fluid. This is something I'm going to refer to is C. SF throughout this discussion, just to make it easier, <laughs> but it's a clear colorless fluid and it surrounds and it cushions the brain and the spinal cord. And during fetal development, this CFS production really begins at the fifth week of gestation, and then it'll start to increase rapidly throughout the fetal period. So in infants and young children, the rate of this fluid is higher compared to adults due to the faster growth rate and the development of the brain and the spinal cord. And the composition of CSF in children also differs from adults because it contains more proteins and different levels of certain electrolytes. Every 12 hours, our CSF travels up and down our spine, actually spiraling through it. And it picks up chemical and electromagnetic signals along its way. It absorbs hormones produced in our seven primary endocrine glands, as well as the electromagnetic fields produced by the seven major nerve plexuses, which are situated directly underneath the locations of your seven chakra centers. And according to Dr. Joe Dispenza, thoughts are electrical and emotions are magnetic. And as a result, this fluid serves as a conductor between the mind and the body and between ideas and physical form. So the highly charged and in intelligent fluid that has kind of made its long journey to learn everything about your state of being as, as it runs through the superhighway of your spinal column culminates in the third ventricle at the center of the brain. The pineal gland is directly in front of it, while the pituitary gland is directly behind it. So as a result, these two glands are constantly bathed in our CSF. These are the endocrine system's master glands, 
as well as the sixth and the seventh chakras of greater intelligence. So the third ventricle was known as the Crystal Palace by the Taoist and the Cave of Brahman by the Yogis. Our CSF is pretty much like the ocean. Some say it differs from seawater by only one molecule. While both CSF and seawater contain sodium, chloride, and other electrolytes, their concentrations do differ. As it expands, the CSF touches every neural stem cell, and these are cells that will turn into neurons, which will make up the entire central nervous system. So this CSF tells it how to develop and evolve. This inner seawater not only shapes your whole central nervous system, but it really bathes our brain in neurochemicals and more importantly, electricity. It's important to know that the structure of CSF can really change based on your nutrition, on um, exercise, physical or emotional trauma, especially hydration. So keeping a healthy lifestyle with regular exercise, a balanced diet, enough water, and really ways to deal with stress can really help this important fluid to work properly and support the health of your brain and your nervous system as a whole. In many cultures and spiritual practices, the spine is seen as holy because it's, it's the physical manifestation of the central energy channel or the sushima, which runs through the body. And in some traditions, this spine is also associated with the serpent, which is often seen as the symbol of transformation and a spiritual awakening. Others see it as the Christ within the sacred secretion. This fluid that surrounds and protects us is considered the seat of the soul and the source of consciousness. In other spiritual practices, it's seen to be the key to unlocking the body's and the mind's full potential. So people believe that having a healthy spine is important for our physical and spiritual health because the spine really supports, moves, and protects the nervous system. Others mention this as the spinal stairway to heaven, the amrita, the cerebral spinal fluid, drips from the pituitary gland and it may be tasted during particular breath work techniques in yoga. The health of your mind, your heart, your spirit, your body are all connected. And we are electromagnetic beings whose life force moves through the vessel of our bodies, through and around. Our CFF sends out vibrations, it sends out light, and this is life force energy, which is really can never be destroyed. 
It's never born. It never dies. It always exists. And master spiritualists say that CSF is like an antenna for the soul's force. Research suggests that the, um, there's spinal breathing, which is a form of breathing that's often practiced in, in various forms of yoga. This can have a huge impact and a positive effect on the pH of the CSF, actually. And it involves directing the breath along the spinal column and using it to move energy through the body. And I do this with the people I work with as well. The practice of spinal breathing typically involves sitting in a comfortable, upright position. You have to sit with your spine straight and you're going to focus on inhaling and exhaling through the nose. And as the breath is taken in, attention will be really directed towards the spine and the movement of that breath up and down the length of the spine. Okay, so this is often accompanied by the visualization and the awareness of the energy centers or the chakras along the spine. So as you breathe with your eyes closed, you want to imagine pulling this energy up your spine, starting at the coccyx, which is at the small triangular bone at the base of your spinal column. And just imagine that with each inhale, you pull that fluid or that energy up higher and higher with each breath until you get to the top of your head. One of the benefits of spinal breathing is that it can really help you feel more relaxed, less stressed and anxious, more focused. You're going to be able to concentrate more and you'll be more connected to your body. It can also help with your intuition. Breathing is a very important part of controlling the amount of carbon dioxide in your blood, right? Which can indirectly change the pH of the CSF. So CO2 is a naturally occurring waste product produced by the body's metabolism and it's transformed transported into the bloodstream to the lungs where it's then exhaled. So when we inhale, we're taking in oxygen and when we exhale CO2 during periods of shallow breathing, which I found this very interesting, there might be a buildup of CO2 in the bloodstream, which can lead to a decrease in the pH of the blood. And this decrease in pH can really affect the pH of the CSF as these fluids are really in communication with each other through the process known as a um, blood barrier, blood brain barrier, which is a protective barrier that really separates the blood vessels from the brain tissue. So disruption of this barrier can potentially allow harmful substances to enter the brain and affect the production and the circulation of CSF. So while we're on the subject of breathing, you know, breath work can have 
many influential effects on our overall health. You can really identify your dominant nervous system state actually by putting your finger beneath your nose and exhaling. How? (laughs) Well, when you exhale, you're releasing carbon dioxide from your body, right? We talked about. And the concentration of carbon dioxide in your breath can really provide an indication of the state of your nervous system. The higher concentrations of carbon dioxide indicate a parasympathetic nervous system dominance, which is associated with that rest and digest state, the more relaxed. Conversely, lower concentrations of carbon dioxide indicate a sympathetic nervous system dominance, which is associated with that that fight or flight response. So by placing your finger under your nostrils and exhaling, you can feel the temperature and the humidity of your breath. This can help you determine your nervous system state. So a warmer and more humid breath suggests a parasympathetic dominance, while a cooler and drier breath suggests a sympathetic dominance. Just reducing the rate at which you breathe can help you sleep better and help you lower your stress and anxiety. On the other hand, you might need to get some energy moving in your body. And if you want to do that, you want to say, get ready to exercise or just boost your body's natural defenses. You can trigger a sympathetic nervous system response with just rapid breathing you know, a rapid pulse breathing real quick. Also breathing with your diaphragm can help massage the vagus nerve, which can really lower your heart rate, blood pressure, and stress. Your vagus nerve is a very important nerve as well. I know I did a podcast on that a long, long, many, many moons ago. (laughs) But yeah, So I just wanted to bring this information to you tonight. I'm a little bit exhausted, so I didn't, you know, make it too extensive. And there's a lot more research you can do on this topic, but I just thought it would be, I thought it was interesting. And, you know, that's kind of why I share the information that I do here. So hopefully you enjoyed it. And yeah, I hope that you have a wonderful week. I appreciate you tuning in. And hopefully next week, I'll be more lively. (laughs) Okay, take care and I will see you soon.